Um, you know, we're looking at this idea of being male spiritual leaders, and both Garrett and I um, kind of selected topics that had to do with being a father. Um, Garrett went one angle that I thought was beautiful, and he laid out some great points. I'm going to take kind of a little bit of a different direction. He looked at kind of the negative side of what we're trying to avoid. Uh, I'm going to kind of look at what I think an ideal view would be of what it means to be a father. Um, but I came across a poem, and this poem that I found, um, I actually, I think I used it initially in a funeral that I was doing. And at first, when I when I read it, I thought, okay, this is a beautiful poem. It's a great way of looking at what a Christian father should be. But after kind of reading it, it made me kind of depressed because I didn't exactly live up to the expectations of the poem that I was presenting. But here's how it said. It said, my father is a Christian. He leads our household well with instruction from the Bible, right behavior he'll compel. Yet he steers us with compassion. His gentle love is true. He conforms to our Lord Jesus so we know just what to do. He teaches us with purpose, guides us in all godly ways, so we will take the right path and serve our Lord with praise. I'm glad you are a Christian, Dad. You help me see things clearly. I'll always look up to you and love you very dearly. And I heard that. I was like, all right, that's great. I want to be a Christian father like that. I want my kids to be able to think about me in that way. But the truth of the matter is I don't always live up to that expectation. And then you even look at maybe some of the men that we elevate as good fathers, maybe even in just movies and TV, we look at certain people that we elevate. And I know Bill Cosby's not a good example right now, but he was when he was Cliff Huxtable in the Cosby show. But nevertheless, we look at some of these fathers in in, in the media, maybe in, in times past, you know, Charles Ingalls in Little House on the Prairie, Leave it to Beaver's dad, you know, Cliff Huxtable. We think, wow, those guys seem to have it all figured out. That's the kind of dad I want to be. But the reality is looking at my own life as a father and looking at how I fail at times and how I fall short, a lot of times I'm not like the fathers I see there on you know these positive TV shows. More or less, I'm kind of more probably like Homer Simpson. Now, I'm not... Uh, drunk like Homer Simpson is. I don't engage in a lot of the, the bad things that he does, but Homer Simpson loves his kids if you watch a TV show. I'm not endorsing the Simpsons, but at the same time, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes. He falls short. So although maybe I'd like to be like Charles Ingalls, a lot of times I maybe gravitate more toward Homer Simpson, and I bet you're probably like me too when you go, I know what I should be, but I'm not always the dad that I want to be. So what I thought I'd do in this lesson, instead of getting really abstract or digging deep into a particular text, I thought I would just get really practical and give us some tips that they're, they're not unique to me. There's some ideas that I had um, that you know I kind of gathered over the years, three tips for current and future fathers and those who teach them. And I mentioned that because I know that tuning in right now, we got like 50 or so people. Some of you are already fathers. Some of you will become fathers someday. Some of you might not ever be a father, but you're going to be around men who are fathers and you might have an opportunity to influence them and teach them. So we're going to look at three different um, ways that we can be, three tips we can be better fathers. Uh, they all start with the letter P to kind of help you take notes and follow along. Real simple, practical ways that we can be better fathers. So number one, and you can I think you can even screenshot this if you want to save the points, but number one, if you want to be a good father, you got to prepare. And think about this even from the standpoint if you're not a father yet. It's important for us at an early age to make preparations to be a father. 
You know, you look at some of the guidelines in Scripture for elders and deacons, and a lot of times in our congregations we talk about that we need men to work to develop those character traits now so we can have church leaders in the future. It's the same way when it comes to being a father. We have to start the preparations at an early age to be the dad that God would have us to be. And even if you already are a father, you need to prepare in your mind that you're going to have this mentality of, I'm going to constantly improve. Because statistically, most of us will be a father, you know, someday. And even if we're not, we're going to be around fathers and we need to influence these people in a good way. You know, I was thinking about a TV show that's out there. And since we're all stuck indoors, we're kind of binge watching all sorts of things. I haven't got into doomsday preppers yet, but it's on my list. But on the doomsday prepper idea, it's these guys that look at something that might happen in the future. They don't know if it's going to happen for sure. They don't know when it's going to happen, but they have this idea in their mind that one day there's going to be zombie apocalypse, economic collapse, something. And they say, we have to prepare for it. We didn't all prepare for this pandemic, right? Kind of caught us all off guard. Same kind of idea. But one day, these people on this TV show believe there's going to be an event where they're going to have to survive. So they prepare in order to try to survive in that situation. Now, it's humorous at times. They can be a little bit crazy. But the idea is there's something on the horizon, so they want to prepare for it. We need to do the same thing when it comes to being fathers. If we're already a father, we prepare to improve. If we're not a father yet, we prepare for future being a father, and we need to prepare our young men to be fathers. So what are some ways then that we can do that? How does a man, even before they have kids, prepare to be a good father? Three easy ways that we can do that. Number one, you want to be a good father? You want to prepare to be a good father? Study other fathers. Look at the men in your life that already are fathers and go, okay, how do they act? Study the ones that are doing good and study the ones that are doing bad and say, okay, here's the traits I want to emulate. Here's the ones I want to reject. You know, um, as a young man, you know, I, I have a father. I also had a stepdad. I would look at what they did and how they conducted themselves and say, okay, I like how my dad does this. I don't like this. I don't think this is a good trait. I think this one is. We need to, from an early age, find you know mentors, men that we can look at and emulate and say, okay, I want to be like these guys. I don't want to be like these guys over here. Number two, work on gathering information even before you are a father. I remember... You know, at an early age, you know, when reading books on parenting, I don't know if I'm just nerdy like that, but I remember being a teenager reading books on parenting. I remember before I even knew that we were going to have our first child, sitting down and reading books that somehow I gathered on being a parent. And I remember in my mind mentally taking notes. Okay, when I'm a dad, I'm going to do things this way. Some of them, obviously, I didn't live up to. Some of them I've changed my mind over the years. You know, we have kind of an idealized view of what kind of father we're going to be. And then reality hits. But if you want to prepare to be a good father, read information, study, look, learn, watch videos. If you're going to be a father someday, learn how to be a good one before you dig into it. You know, Garrett mentioned um, working on cars. I don't have the knowledge that Garrett has of doing that kind of thing. I do know what a boxed-in wrench is, but, um, you know, one of the things I like to do before I tackle a project is I'll find a YouTube video on it because I don't exactly know what I'm doing. I gather information to prepare to engage in the project that I'm going to do. Same thing with being a father. And then number three, ask God for wisdom. 
as you prepare to be a father, or even if you are a father right now, fathers must prepare. We do that by praying to God and asking him to help us, saying, God, help me. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I need your guidance. I need your help. The prayer that I pray every single day is help me be a good parent. When me and my wife sit down and pray, we do the same thing. So ask God for wisdom. So number one, fathers must prepare. Reason being is fatherhood is a serious business. We are going to be wearing the title of father, which is a title that God uses to identify himself. Therefore, prepare adequately for it. So number one, tip for being a good father is fathers must prepare. Number two, to be a good father in a world when there's not a lot of good fathers. Number two, you need to provide for those that are in your care. Now, I want to kind of preface this a little bit. I'm not necessarily talking about money in regards to this. So often when we talk about fathers providing, we're talking about finances. Now, I believe that you need to be financially secure. I believe you need to make sure there's food on the table and all of that. But so often we just leave it at that. We go, well, I I make sure that the bills are paid, that the kids have something to eat, and there's a roof over our head. So I did my part. That's not what the idea is I'm talking about here. Fathers must provide. You know, there's a lot of dads out there that send a check, you know, every month or so to their kids, you know, child support. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're in their kids' lives. And there's a lot of dads that disconnect and say, well, I'm doing my part because I'm providing money. But I don't want to talk about that. I want us to think about other areas in which we can provide as a good father. So tip number two, provide. Number one, provide love. We always think about that love is something for, for the moms, for the, for the, you know, for the females in the family. That's not something that I do. But as Garrett even mentioned in his lesson, you know, sometimes that can be kind of a toxic idea. Fathers need to provide love and affection. Try to provide love and affection that is physical in nature. When was the last time you hugged your children? Do that. Hug them. uh, Give them a pat on the back. Show them love and physical affection. They need that. One of the books I read in trying to be, prepare to be a good father is a book by Dr. Meg Meeker called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And one of the points I think they made in that book was as your kids get older, especially even your, your teenage daughters, show them physical affection because if they don't get it from dad, They're going to get it from somebody that we don't want them to get that through. We need to be dads that provide physical love, emotional support. Do our kids reach out to us when they're having problems? And are we there comforting them, encouraging them? When they have that first broken heart, are we giving them emotional support? Or are we cold and callous? When their feelings are hurt, do we just tell them, suck it up? Or do we try to, you know, help them through a difficult situation? When they're having anxiety and stress right now with this whole COVID-19 thing, are we there providing emotional support? Fathers must provide. We also must provide encouragement. Think about the times when your kids need that extra, you know, push in a good direction, that pat on the back, that encouragement that says, good job. We need to be fathers who provide that. So often we just provide criticism. We just correct instead of encourage. We need to be our kids' biggest motivators, their greatest cheerleaders. We need to provide that to our families. We also need to provide discipline and instruction. When our kids do something wrong, we should correct them, and rightly so. We should also instruct them in a better way, and then we also need to be the people, the men in our families that provide comfort and hope. Moms aren't the only ones that are supposed to comfort. 
The wife isn't the only one that's supposed to comfort. Dad should be there providing comfort, providing hope. When life is hard, we should be the ones that say, it's okay, we'll make it through it. When there's challenges in the household, we should be the ones that say, you know what, hang in there. We're gonna make this as a family. We need to provide for our families, not just financially. We need to provide love. And that's seen physically with emotional support, encouragement, discipline, comfort, and hope. We need to provide for our families. In a passage that Paul said that I'm sure you know is referenced in probably every male spiritual leadership event is Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 4 that says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I chose the King James here because I like that word nurture here. You know, we're building them up. We're bringing them up. We're providing something for them. That's the idea of nurturing. Fathers don't just provide finances, but we provide the structure and the foundation to have a good life in service to God. Godly men, godly fathers must prepare and they must provide the love of God. And then finally, number three, as you were listening in today, number three tips for being a good father. Fathers need a plan. They need a plan for themselves and they need a plan for their family's future. If you're just going through life day by day, problem to problem, crisis to crisis, and never have a plan for your family, you're not being the father that you should be. Fathers need to plan. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are the most organized. We're not always. It doesn't mean that you have a spreadsheet for everything. It doesn't mean that you know, you, you, you're the nerd of the family using a Dave Ramsey term or anything like that. But we need to be people who plan. And you know what that does mean financially too. I see so many dads blowing it when it comes to their family's finances. They buy whatever they want. They go rack up a bunch of debt and they hurt their family's future. We need to be dads who plan accordingly to make sure that our family is taken care of financially. Not just because we earn a paycheck, but because we're making sure the paycheck is being handled well. We work to pay off debt. We make sure we have you know, savings to take care of our family in an emergency so that when there is a crisis like we have right now and people are out of work, we can still make it and we can still give to help others. We plan for the future savings so that we're not maybe a burden to somebody. Good dads plan. They plan financially, but they also plan to be involved in their children's lives. You know, I remember um, one of the things that a while back I had an opportunity to kind of come across, um, you know, my, my life about maybe to pursue some different things, maybe a ministry. And I backed away from them because I saw that, you know what, right now I'm able to be really involved in my kids' lives. I'm able to spend time with my wife. I'm able to be, you know, with my kids. I can help them with their homework. I can be there when they, you know, get tucked in at night. I want to do that. So I plan my life in such a way that I can be involved in my kids' lives. That doesn't mean I always know the right thing to do, but I make sure that we schedule things and I participate in certain activities so that I can be involved in them. You know, it's important to me. So dads plan to be involved in your children's life and plan spiritually on how you're going to deal with situations that arise of spiritual nature. You know, as my kids have gotten older, I've had to answer questions like, hey, dad, I want to get baptized. How do I handle that? You know, I need a plan ahead of time on how I'm going to deal with the question about salvation. My kids ask questions about relationships and sex. I need to have a plan on how I'm going to answer those questions. When they ask questions about drugs and alcohol and addictions and smoking and all of that, I need to have a plan 
on how I'm going to handle that question, questions about marriage, questions about life. I need to have a plan on what I'm going to do. You know, we joke around in our family. I'm kind of a nerd about things. Years ago, I put together a rule book. I call it the Team Sabro rule book. And I put down rules for, for dating, for you know when they can do certain things, certain benchmarks in life, expectations of them. Truthfully, we don't always follow it. My kids scoff every time I pull up the file on the computer. But I put together a plan, at least of what we were going to try to do as parents. Sometimes we fall short, sometimes we don't. But the idea was we had a plan, good father's plan. They prepare, they provide, and they plan for theirs and their family's future. The proverb writer in Proverbs 21 verse 20 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. The idea is smart people plan for the future. Smart fathers plan for the future of their family, not just physically too, but spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Do you have a plan to be the best dad that you can be? See, I know that no father is perfect. No one is. We're all kind of figuring it out as it goes. This morning, it kind of popped into my mind a situation that came up. You know, my oldest son, Owen, born, you know, over 15 years ago, we were living in Denver, Colorado. And I remember that um, he was born. We brought him home from the hospital first night at home. And it was Zinni and I were laying in bed. I believe Owen was in a crib or a bassinet or something next to the bed. And he woke up and cried in the middle of the night as you know, babies do. We have six of them. I've seen it now over the years. But I remember he cried and Zinni got up with him and went into the living room. And I remember thinking, okay, she's up there in the living room with the baby, you know, feeding him, putting him back to sleep, whatever. I'm supposed to do something. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do right now. So I remember I got up and I walked into the living room. It was probably like 2 a.m. And I sat down in a rocking chair out there and just like sat there. And Zinni looks over at me and goes, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure this out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Now, we ended up getting a routine and figuring out how to deal, you know, with babies crying during the middle of the night. Thankfully, it was usually Zinni who dealt with the kids in the middle of the night. I dealt with other things that might not work for your family. So don't try to enforce that plan. But at the moment, I remember just being at a loss, not knowing what to do. And as my kids have gotten older, my oldest is going to be 16 soon. My youngest is four. I still don't have a full grasp on everything that I'm supposed to do. And as they get older and become teenagers, there's more difficulties that come. No father is perfect. And if you're listening to this right now, Don't think that you have to be perfect. None of the points that I made were fathers are supposed to be perfect. I said you need to prepare, you need to plan, you need to you know provide. But a godly father who does that, a godly father who prepares, provides, and plans will in what he's doing reflect the character of their perfect heavenly father. God is perfect. You don't have to be. Just follow him, follow his example, and be the father that he would have you to be. And even in your imperfection, you will be the best father you know that's out there. We're not all perfect. We're learning as we go. But let me encourage you, dads and future dads and, and those that know dads, encourage men, encourage yourself, encourage your families to be the men, to be the people that God would have them to be. Jovan, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Okay. Thank you. Well, um, really, man, a lot of stuff, man. I appreciate it, Cliff. And and I think uh, there's a, a gauntlet that was dropped there uh, for us to really to think about the parameters of 
of um, leadership as men and as fathers, whether or not we, like you said, we become fathers or not. Um, and some of us may not uh, eventually become fathers or fathers in the traditional sense. So um, I think you've laid out. The I laid out a bunch really quick. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's no, all good. Um, and and uh, the people will have time to, to rethink through it and process it in the audio. Um, but for just one, one response, uh, at least one that comes to my mind is, um, <clears throat> how do we, what, what maybe, maybe, maybe I can ask you a more personal way. Uh, what triggered this sense of needing to look out and, um, you know, uh, realize that being a father is going to demand of me more of just being, you know, happy go lucky cliff kind of thing. Well, I think some I, of us are really encouraged to think like that, you know? Yeah. I, I think some of it is personally, I've always kind of wanted to be better than any kind of example that maybe I saw growing up. I'm not criticizing my examples growing up, but you know, I did come from a background. My, my parents were divorced and you know, uh, my, my dad isn't a Christian. My, my, my stepdad, you know, was a Christian, but didn't always set a good Christian example. And in that, I think I was just always bothered by not doing the best in our family that I thought that we could be. And I'm not claiming that we're the best now we're blowing it all the time and, and we're trying to figure it out as we go. But I think I, I, I have this strong desire to not want to fail in it. I, I don't know. I, I want my kids to have, I mean, I'm sure all of you guys that are fathers, that's what causes you to lose sleep at night is the fear that what if my kid isn't faithful to Jesus? What if my kid makes some, you know, horrific mistakes and can't unwind those or can't come back and, and all of that? I, I don't know. I just, I think it's just that desire to always be better. And I, I want to be that good dad because I think, it is possible. I've seen men do a great job and I've seen men do a lousy job and I don't want to be one of the lousy ones. I don't hear your mic, Jovan. Yeah, I muted myself. There you go. Um, yeah, that was one of the, for me, the, the impetus for digging in for male spiritual leadership when I first started digging into this idea of what, what this uh, which was started out just like a Bible class, but now we're, we're, we have this workshop and it was the idea that I don't want to fail. I have my own family baggage, my own family, you know, complications. And I was like, I want to do the best I can. I want to put the best foot forward so that if I can minimize some of the problems I grew up on, maybe I can help them, you know. And And with that too, let me also say that even if we aren't always perfect and aren't always the ideal there we can still get your ass over here come we can still fix those situations we can still be the fathers that we we need to be can everybody hear me you hear me jovan yeah i can hear you just okay that was odd but um anyway (laughs) um with that as a dad you know you're gonna mess up too and one of the things i've always tried to do in my own family is admit the times that i don't always parent well Maybe the times that a rule that I set was unreasonable or maybe the times that I, you know, I responded more out of frustration or anger than out of, you know, patience and instruction. And I, I've been willing to and I try to do this, you know, even with my own children is confess that to them. Say, hey, 
you know, I, I knew I kind of threw a fit about this. Um, maybe the way I handled it wasn't the most unreasonable. Me and your mom sat down and she told me, hey, you know what? That's not that big of a deal. And I'll and I'll even ask, you know, forgiveness of my children and we'll pray together. Not in a, I don't want to say that in a manipulative kind of weird way, but I mean, I do want them to know that I'm not perfect. And when I pray with them every night, and maybe not even every night, you know, but when I do pray with them, oftentimes I'll let them hear me say, God, please forgive me for the times that I'm not a good father and help me to always be better. Because I want them to know that I have a desire to be a better dad for them. 